Oh, yeah. This is record, but I'll also record audio on my phone just to be safe. Okay, here. Oh, my gosh. So I, now I'm going to pick where we're going to go. Where are we? The cafe is so cute. <laughs> the kitchen is also cute. Okay, we'll go back to the cafe. Now I'm on the other side. What? <laughs> it's actually so goofy. I can't believe that they've done this. I love it, but I like that they had like options for what was like 25 people too. It was fun. It's like the classroom. Yeah. But okay. So all I do to introduce things is say hello, Sorensen Sound. And then I usually go into whatever I want to say. So okay, let's start it. What do you did you have any like I know you want to talk about like thing was it like the anxiety of like postgrad life or just like your thoughts surrounding that and how are you feeling right now what grander thoughts do you have how do you want to start us off yeah well I think mostly I was like looking for a little bit of mentorship which like I know is so funny but like I feel like when you were graduating in December like I didn't really appreciate what you were going through as much as I should have because I just like we're also wrapped up in our own separate lives and like oh like they're gonna be fine like like I know Kyan like things always work out but now that I'm going through it myself I'm like these are a lot of emotions to experience and then also at the same time it's funny because like with the way that you know your classes wrap up and like everything's like go 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 so so fast like right right at the end I haven't really had time to like reflect on it. So I'm like worried it's going to hit me all at once in a couple of weeks when like everything has already happened. Like I've already graduated and like my friends have already all left. And that's when I'm like going to realize that everything's changed. And I'm like not prepared to kind of deal with that fallout. So it's interesting. It's really interesting. I'm just, I was just wondering like how you felt about it. Like, cause obviously you've come out on the other side. Um, you're living that post-grad life. Like just how did it go for you? Yeah, no. So it was definitely more of what you're getting at where it's something that hit me after the fact. Like it's, it was a situation of like, I, in the fall, I was going absolutely just through it. I was in the trenches, but because I was just like getting through it and I had so much to do, like working three jobs, like 18 credit hours the whole semester. Um, I just like, and was doing interviews for like master's programs or for jobs that I just had like no time to process that it was ending and I'm sure on some level it was also like I did that so I wouldn't have to think about it or so that way I would stay like afloat doing it and um my roommate she was like I literally don't know even though she's graduating in May she was still even at the time was like I don't know like how you're doing that and I was like I need to otherwise it's not going to end well And I think it was partially just because, like, even though my whole life, like, living in Chicago, like, I love Chicago, but I was ready to leave, to graduate high school, to go to college, go wherever. But the transition, like, moving to Boston was, like, horrible. The first semester was, like, the worst time of my life by, like, just easily. And I had great friends and I had, like, I had fun things to do at Northeastern, but it was just, like that kind of change was just really difficult. And I hadn't, even though I've like moved a lot, I've changed schools. It was still just like something I didn't, I couldn't like grapple with for some reason. And getting to New York, I felt a lot more comfortable, a lot more at ease. And that's why place has played a very important role in my life and why I now prioritize that over most things and travel in general. Um, 
But with that said, I'm glad that I didn't just go into the next stage of my life right after graduating, even though I walk in May. I'm glad that I traveled with someone that I'm friends with um, instead of just going alone like I had planned because I think that could have gone very poorly. And now I have like, we weren't the person, I don't like to use names on the podcast. Not that I like think people would care, but it's just. It's out of respect. I get it. Yeah. In case it sounds roundabout. But her and I were like friends, but we weren't super close. And now we have that like memory together. And I felt like a lot more community in a time, like a very transitory time of my life, even though I'll be going back to New York for a bit for the summer before Shanghai. Yeah, hello, Grace Stripe. And now I'm honestly like, I've been feeling more at ease and more like level-headed as the months have gone by. But when I first got to North Carolina, uh, it was tumultuous. I was a little bit like, I was very inward, but I was like very hot-headed but only to myself and like (laughs) kind of weird energy. And now I'm glad that I've had a chance to like not have to immediately be doing things while coping with like those emotions because I, I don't know, I get, I tend, I just definitely retreat inward. And this has kind of forced me to go outward to see community like in a weird way the isolation that North Carolina provides has made me reach out more and do more things I have a great stripe and of course I'm grateful to have this screamy beast with me she's so precious so that was like a pretty inarticulate way of saying I was afraid that um graduating college would mirror graduating high school because that was the only like true um movement that I've had that's similar despite being familiar with yes moving states and cities and all that growing up um so I just like filled myself with work and then like you said it just didn't hit me until after and now I'm glad that I just haven't had much to do other than deal with those feelings in the meantime so like when are I don't know exactly when do you start work after graduating yeah so I graduate on my birthday um Gemini queen um so I graduate on my birthday and then all my friends and I were gonna do like a one-week trip to the Adirondacks um which is gonna be so fun so that will be in the end of May and then I'm pretty sure I told you this already but in like mid-June me my sister my dad and my grandma were doing like a graduation Europe trip so Edinburgh and Paris which is gonna be so fun um I can't wait I'm kind of like an old soul at heart and honestly like not that daring of a person so like well my sister and I will go out and see the nightlife like you know every once in a while sometimes it's nice to just kick it with the oldies like they'll you know they'll foot the bill and we're gonna get some good <laughs> coffee and we're gonna I'm gonna find some nice Parisian clothes I'm so excited so that would be like um you know mid-June and then I start work July 10th so like it, it all happened so fast yeah. and like Hearing you say that you like needed time to like emotionally cope um, kind of makes me nervous, especially because I have to move too. And I haven't figured out if I'm going to move before I start my job or like after yeah. um, or if I'm going to move like five days after I start my job. Um, so that's fun. Yeah. yeah, but you'll have your sister. She'll be moving at the same time, right? Or OK. That's exactly right. So she'll be moving her stuff probably from St. Louis here, but she doesn't start her job until um, 
like August 20th even. So oh. she has a long time. So she'll come and help yeah. me move, um, which is nice. This is so bad, but like typical sister. And also this is probably me like focusing on the wrong problems, but already like we're going to be living together and we already kind of couldn't decide what apartment to live in um, because we had found two really great places, but like each of them had very specific pros and cons. And for her, one place was better. And for me, another place was better. And I was like, I just don't know if I can suck it up. I'm like, I really want this other place. So I, I finally, I was like, I'm going to be, I'm going to compromise. I'm going to be a good little sister. And I'm going to go with the place that my sister wants. Come to find out the apartment that we wanted is already off the market. So now <laughs> the only option is my apartment building. Um, I'm sorry. The world's Maya. working in your favor. It's okay. Right. No, I, <laughs> but um. Yeah, so that's just another thing that I sort of feel like I have to juggle. And I just feel like I've always had this bad attitude where it's like, obviously all the things in life that are rewarding, like going on vacation, spending time with friends, like all of these things require effort and time. And I feel like I too easily will give up on like experiencing those things just because I don't want to deal with like the planning or the stress of it. So I'm glad that I'm like finally being forced to like kind of confront those things in order to find like the perfect place for me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I'm glad to like, you know, sort of finally like step up and take responsibility for like where my life is going to go. So that's exciting. Um, yeah. And I'm going to finally, finally have a not twin size bed. <laughs> so <laughs> have you ever not had a twin size bed? No, no. <laughs> that? Can you believe that? Are you going full or queen or king? California. Oh, not a king. You know, um, my mother still sometimes likes to interfere with my life. And I'm like, yeah, I want a queen. And she's like, no, 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 no. You should get a full. Like, queens are way too hard to move. And I'm like, well, what, what if <laughs> I were to not care? Um, so yeah. so we'll see. But anything is better than a small twin. Um, have you... Do you have your like situation sorted for the fall semester in terms of housing? I know your night, your life would is like a nightmare compared to what I deal with. <laughs> well, for the fall, I'm currently trying to figure out subletting for the summer, um, which has been a bit of a pain. I've like honestly after this, I'm going to be back on Facebook text or messaging people. I've been texting a few people, but people in New York, it's kind of crazy because like. Um, I will see people offering sublets for like a week on Facebook and I was like like they are just a little bit crazy and I was like I was talking to this girl and I thought that I was gonna like sign sometime this weekend maybe and she was just like there's two weeks I would be going two weeks later than she leaves and I was like oh like I only wanted to pay for the time that I'm there because I feel like that makes sense and then she was like, oh, we're looking for someone for the full time. And I was like, is it that oh. deep? Is the two, like, if the two weeks is that deep, then I'll pay for it. I, like, fine. Um, but it's just, it's a crazy thing. So that's more on my mind. And I'm more worried about that, I guess, than um, Shanghai. Even though I know that for the first few weeks, I could, like, stay with different friends or whatever. And it wouldn't be a problem. And I know some of my friends are going out of town, so I might stay at their places if I don't find something soon enough anyway um but with Shanghai I'm just gonna stay in like student accommodations but they just haven't released anything about that yet so I don't know the details but I know that there is like enough housing and that's not a problem and from what I've seen it's a lot less expensive than New York which honestly kind of surprised me because and thank goodness and thank goodness honestly yeah. so 
how have you okay not to like if this stresses you out we can change the subject but like how have you like studied started studying mandarin again like like what no okay huh wait wait, who asked that it was a ghost (laughs) no I've been listening to like a podcast that's just about like pronunciation and stuff Mm -hmm. but honestly it's weird because we I mean we had Fulo sure did you have Fulo sure or did she leave at that point no I did yeah I didn't have her oh that's so she was I loved her obsessed with her um but like she uh, she taught us a lot and it just I just am so bad at remembering characters that so far all the podcasts I've listened to I'm like it's decent but then I'm not doing anything I actually like I have to work on everything because I'm not fluent but my listening and speaking is a lot further than reading and writing so I'm just I'm not doing the parts that I should be doing is what I'm getting at but like we have to be real how much are you going to be writing you know what I'm saying because like you need keyboard and it's not like you're ever going to like you probably won't write a note I feel like uh so like don't beat yourself up too much like I'm glad to hear that the listening and the speaking is going well because that was impossible for me I definitely were we the ones who were talking about how it was you I'm pretty sure how like as you get older it becomes harder for you to learn languages yeah I was already there at 18 years old. <laughs> the, the 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 gap or you know the fucking opportunity I had closed I was yeah, yeah I was horrible at it oh my god and I I can't remember if I told you this but when I would have to like go up and do like speaking in Mandarin I would start thinking in Spanish because I only knew how to flip between the two I did that in French too <laughs> It has to be a common experience, but I'd be like, eh, pero, and then I'd be like, what am I saying? Like, it was so embarrassing. It was really funny. It was, and I was surrounded by a bunch of little 14 year olds. I was like, I cannot, I cannot keep acting the fool. Um, But worthwhile, worthwhile to be humbled. So I'm glad it's going well for you. I also, because for me, French was something that I slowly learned throughout life. And I was like a big advocate for like, oh, I just like learned it naturally, like visiting enough, watching media listening to music and Mm -hmm. I definitely don't consume enough like Chinese media for that to process the same way especially now that I have more of an adult brain but because I want to live like in Singapore after and just like I want Mandarin to be a part of my life I really should like practice it before before the prefrontal cortex is done cooking at 25. (laughs) There's so much I just want to get done before she's done. (laughs) Quick, quick. I mean, you used to, you watched a couple of C-dramas, right? Am I wrong? I watched, yeah, I watched a few C-dramas, but I also, I've, a lot of the movies on my watch list are in Mandarin, but they're like indie Chinese films, like, very, like, Suja. will be slanging, let's just say that, like, that's going to be tough. Well, it's fun. Some of my favorite movies are like that kind of thing like a uh, brighter summer day that one was brutal because it was four hours mm-hmm. um but it was really good I love that movie but I also just like kind of stereotypical if you're like into film but I like Wong Kar Wai a lot um, yeah you know I don't know about film but that name does ring a bell sorry yeah. <laughs> um but there's just like yeah but even if it's not Mandarin even if there's like Cantonese films I still feel like I eventually want to learn Cantonese, which is just something I'm not ready to confront. Well, that that. 
that is ambitious oh my gosh I'm so excited for you though it's gonna be great and you're so right like talking earlier about um how important place is to you like yeah I don't know you're always the type to travel and move new places and experience new things so it's definitely the right choice for you and yeah. I'm so excited thank you yeah no time doesn't time is I mean it's funky for everyone but for because like time and place they go hand in hand but I'm very much like place oriented because one of my friends in New York she like her memory she literally has a calendar and she could tell you what happened day by day but mine is like a map and I can just tell you anything I've done at a location right Um, and I couldn't tell you chronologically when these things occurred but I can be like this is everything I've ever done on this like street corner whatever um so she's very time oriented I'm very place oriented So it's just easier for me to kind of like, if I get like the urge to like move or travel to me, that's typically a sign of like trying to get out of a phase, you know, Mm -hmm. but I do feel like something I wanted to say that I know that you mentioned it was a little concerning where I was like, I'm glad I had a few months to like figure myself out. I think that in general, because my tendency is to like move or to like go places or to keep doing things you're a lot better about like I want to say like taking care of yourself or like find it like turning to things that you find comforting and I tend to not do that and that sometimes makes life a lot harder for me in the long run so even though you don't have as long of like a gap between graduating and starting work I think you'll still be okay because you know how to like self-soothe for lack of a better word and I'm just like I'm just gonna light myself on fire again you know it is no and it's so and I feel like you just so succinctly like some I cannot speak you just so eloquently summed up like essentially the difference between the two of us and I just have like from my perspective a lot of times that type of like like prioritizing what I know and like prioritizing my comfort over anything else like it can be a problem and I've definitely noticed that it's a problem in a lot of ways in my life because I don't push myself to do new things and like do I know what I know very well of course like they're the things that I know very well like I'm an expert whatever but like I have not had half the experiences that you have had because like my rational side like just works overdrive like all the reasons why you shouldn't do that like why you're gonna mess up like you're gonna look like a fool you know like all those reasons and that's why I'm not that's why I'm staying here in Cleveland when I don't want to stay here and I'm so afraid that I'm gonna be like one of those people that's like oh yeah like I've just stayed I was just gonna stay here for a couple of years and now it's been 25 years <laughs> I can't do that I can't do that you can give yourself like a deadline yeah I'm hoping like two and a half years max honestly yeah. Um, that could be the nice part I mean aside from it being nice for all sorts of other reasons but like about Maya being there because I'm guessing she doesn't want to stay forever so if anything it's like if she's leaving maybe I should go kind of thing you know like if nothing else like a little reminder absolutely and I mean I want her to go back to school so like I feel like we could definitely help each other out in that way because like if she needs the push to like stop doing like bedside nursing and like go back to school to be an anesthetist, like potentially my wanting to move could also be a catalyst for that. So like, hopefully we can help each other out. Like, you know, we've <laughs> known each other for our whole lives. So <laughs> definitely know each other pretty well. And like, I, um, 
she just always wants the best for me. Like she really is my ride or die, which I know is like so corny to say, but I even remember in high school, like when I was going through my like corny freshman year drama, she was, um, she was my ride or die. Like she was defending me more than I was defending me. And yeah, so hopefully I can do the same for her at some point. Sorry. You know, I know that sibling talk. Like... <laughs> I'm happy to hear, but I like, I know it's not the same, but I had so many step siblings growing up that I've never felt like as much as it's not like as intrinsic, like I get the gist, I get the feeling. Oh, yeah, no, like the perfect, the protectiveness is just, I don't know. It's definitely not a twin thing, but I feel like it might be stronger because we're twins. Um, but yeah, we're, we're very fierce protectors of each other. Um, but not to change the subject, but we do need to discuss what you've been reading recently, because I would like to know, I don't know if you've already talked about this and, you know, I can, I can tell you things. So parts. I can tell you what I have read, but I can also say I have not really been reading because being here, I I can't. I cannot turn to escapism because then when I come back, I'm like, I'm still in North Carolina. I thought this would be over by now. Like, I'm oh. great, but it's also, I'm tired. I'm tired of it. Um, So I can't, like, read anything and then realize not only that that world isn't real, but that this one, like, it's so far, it's so, like, misaligned from the reality, which I, like, where I feel like my life is, if that makes sense. Like, I feel my life is definitely not here. Even no. New York doesn't feel quite right. And that's why I'm like, I really just want to be in Singapore because that's where I feel like life is kind of happening and I'm just not there in that. And I can't deal with two come downs at once kind of thing. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely not. It's been a while, but the last thing that I read was if I had, whoa, can you see it? If I had your face. Oh, I've never even heard of this. It's pretty cool. It's So it's another one of those books. I just feel like this has been pretty popular as like a format but it follows three different characters and they all kind of like know each other and weave in and out of each other's lives Mm -hmm. but it's in a way like about all of their separate relationships with plastic surgery interesting um and they all live in Seoul and one of them she works in a room salon which is kind of like um like men spend like pay money to spend time with women kind of like a host club yeah, like a little bit like that. And then one is a hairstylist and one is like an aspiring room salon girl because there's like tears to it and she just wants to be like that kind of pretty. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like the mirror of like the before and after of like the mental toll that surgery could take. And then also the girl that's a hairstylist is mute. And but she also like helps people. So there's a lot of interesting things, but I re- it was really like easy to read. I enjoyed it. There are some parts where I was a little bit like the author is like her bio is Frances Cha is a formal travel and cultural culture editor for CNN and Seoul. She grew up in the United States, Hong Kong and South Korea and received her MFA from Columbia University. She divides her time between Brooklyn and Seoul with her family. So like I don't want like you would assume wealth first of all you'd have you would assume she's wealthy but if she's like somehow not and has lived that life then she's like uh she just she harps on wealth a lot and she kind of has some like bad takes in my opinion but Mm. for the most part it's like a very well done story but there's just a few points where I'm like I get that I wouldn't know this but it's just 
seemingly coming from like a very privileged position and can come across as like pretty judgmental and not in the case of like the character like you can tell it's the author saying it and not the character is what I'm getting at yeah totally I mean I think it's always best to like err on the side of empathy and you can always tell a lot of times where people aren't coming from a genuine place but like you said that's not to say that it might not have some very like pertinent points um I mean, Lord knows I definitely have like fallen fear to the sort of marketing about aging or whatever. Like, I, obviously, I, I'm not old by any means, but like, obviously, I'm getting older. Like, you know, like my used to be, huh? You're not even 22 yet. I know, I know, I know. That's see, that's what I'm saying. The marketing is getting to me. Like, <laughs> my skin is definitely like starting to age, and for some reason, I just like can't come to terms with that. Mm. It's like is it not like more radical to just like accept that your skin is going to like take care of your skin and make sure that it's healthy and like, you know, use sunscreen, but like, why am I so worried about it? You know, but I am. So I feel like that would be an interesting read for me. I definitely would be interested in that. Yeah. No, I think I liked it a lot, but also quick side note, kind of related. I watched Little Miss Sunshine the other day, literally years <laughs> after you told me to watch it, because I just like knew I was gonna have a hard time. So I just had to be like- in Was a- it your first time? Was it your first time? Yeah. <laughs> but it was literally- Everything. Like, Everything. I just, Everything. my favorite scene was just when she asked Miss California, she's like, do you eat ice cream? And she's like, yeah, I think this one's technically froyo, but I eat ice cream. And I was like, all my problems are gone. I'm fine now, you know? Also, I love seeing the start of the Paul Dano playing a little weirdo type cast. No, like that was that, like if I'm not wrong, that was like his breakout, right? I, I that was, the, was yeah. I think it was. Um, yeah, that movie's so good. That movie makes me like that movie makes my chest hurt. Like yeah. I might not fall, but it makes my chest hurt because I'm like this is really upsetting. But no, yeah, I love that movie. I can't believe you watched it. I did. I've had it in my watch list forever, literally just because of you. And I'm like. I'm not ready. And then I was finally like, okay, let's go. Stop it. You're so sweet. Thank you. I watched Chris in Boots too. <laughs> Is that? Wait, someone that even recommended that to me? I don't think you were. Were I you? Think I, I might have been because my friend's sister worked on the movie. So I think Wait. I might have mentioned that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like her name's huh? like, it's all that. She's like an animator. Yeah. Wait, now you're networking. Hang on, hang on. Wait, wait. <laughs> you're, no you're no people. It was really embarrassing. I was watching it with my friends, and you know, like the wolf that's like supposed to be death or whatever. Yeah. I was like, I'm like that voice actor is so familiar, and who I landed on was Tom Hanks. I was so confident. I'm like, that sounds exactly like Tom Hanks. I'm like, yeah, Tom Hanks. I look it up, and you know, it's the guy that plays Pablo Escobar in Narcos. <laughs> It was not, in fact, Tom Hanks. Um, so that was really embarrassing. That was really, really embarrassing. I'm not going to lie to you. But also, I only just, not to get too off track, um, but Josh, is it Hutcherson or Hutchinson? I think it's Hutcherson. Okay. But he did, like, voice acting for the Studio Ghibli movies as a kid. Yeah. Wait, I just saw that on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> um, wait, oh my gosh. He plays a little boy in Howl's Moving Castle. Yeah. And, so, and I was like, oh, that's so crazy that I just never like, considered that well-known people did voice, was like voice acting. And there's right. such a big disconnect for me. I'm so bad with names to start with. And then I hear the voice and I'm like, okay. Think, yeah. How do they make this character speak? Um, I mean, Christian Bale was Howl in the English dub. 
What? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yes, fully. I can't believe you didn't know that. <laughs> That's crazy. No, yeah. My friend, my friend actually is like the opposite of us in that she has the crazy talent of identifying the most like C-list voice actors in part because she really likes D&D and there's this like mm. role play D&D podcast, YouTube series. I don't really know that much about it, but like a bunch of the people that like play D&D together every week, like do a shit ton of like voice acting. So she can identify them like anywhere, like these crazy minor roles should be like, Oh, I know exactly who that is. And it's yeah. actually scary. And then meanwhile, I'm saying that Tom Hanks with complete confidence. Wait, what? So I believe yeah. it. Why not? Right. She has the talent for it. Yeah. But honestly, yeah. I haven't really been watching that many. Oh, are you a Ted Lasso girly? I haven't watched the new season, but I want to. But okay. I know I know the big thing, like the big breakup. I know that. <laughs> Why? Why? Um, I think, okay, I definitely, when I watched it for the first time, especially like the second season, because I think they're on the third now, I definitely had like the pandemic goggles on because I tried to rewatch the second season and I was like, some of this is so just like trite and like overly saccharine. And I was like, how, like, it's just too much like friendship is magic. <laughs> um, but I'm going to still watch this last season and Succession. Are, have you been watching Succession? I have seen one episode of Secession, but all I know is like the thing about her bag being big. That's all I remember. Well, the ludicrous, ludicrously capacious bag. Yeah, but I've seen like I've seen character analysis. I've seen so many analyses of like Secession specifically for wardrobe and everything. Yeah, some of the takes. I feel like it's gotten to the point on the internet where the discourse is like people agree on this thing, and then everybody's like actually that's a bad take so like for a while all of it talks about wardrobe or like stealth wealth versus like obvious wealth like the new money versus the old money and then people are like we're actually kind of tired of you guys just saying these like bland ass looks are like stealth wealth and just like a discussion of like that concept in general and how it's like misused so like I know that you've obviously studied fashion like did like were you interested in the takes that they were seeing were you like this is just boring and corporate which is like in part the point like they're rich but they're not supposed to be stylish or like you know creative in any way so like maybe it's a whole point that their wardrobe is like bad and boring but I don't know what your thoughts are on it um I'm honestly because I haven't seen the primary source I will literally just like regurgitate what I thought like what has stood out for me to me mm-hmm. from videos mm-hmm. but I I, don't, I literally don't even know the characters names but I know I think someone married into family and now is not really part of the family but has like climbed his way up socially and I think he's the one that says the thing about the bag it is him yeah I know who you're um, talking about his name. what's his name um and um. that actor is Mr. Darcy in the 2005 Pride and Prejudice with Keira Knightley it's late <laughs> one of my favorite films. the best movie ever um, you the hand flip yeah. is it's not playing um or improv that's the word but I know that like I, I think didn't he in like season one say like California Pizza Kitchen is so good like that the guy that's a different guy <laughs> different guy oh I was just conflating them now but I thought but they talk about how like his wardrobe specifically I saw a video like analyzing haircuts and I thought that haircuts were like a really interesting thing especially because everyone's talking about how like they're saying like you might find a member of the cast attractive but 
generally speaking, this is the blandest looking cast, like visuals, like they're all just like normal ass people kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that kind of makes it easier for their clothes to take more precedence. And specifically the girl with the blood. Yeah, yeah, but like she had long hair in the start and I think she's the one that married the guy that like rose in rank. Yeah. And so, but she was like with him and then the hair throughout the different seasons, I thought was a good use of attachment to character because fashion can be a bit, like you said, like the terms can kind of mean nothing. And even that like kind of discussion in the face of a show like this is just like feeding into that nothing. Like to me, it seems like I haven't seen the show, but it feels like someone's missing the point by even like kind of discussing that more and so I think that the more obvious presentations like hair or like makeup are pretty useful Um, oh yeah and definitely like her character arc exactly reflects what you're talking about like you know she has this long hair when she's trying to be more innocent she's not working in the family business and then when she starts getting pulled into the family business she gets this like blunt bob she's trying to look more professional she's trying to look more serious and that's definitely like an obvious um reflection so yeah and I did see that she I think when things start going poorly with Tom, did he go to the University of Minnesota? Is that yeah. Because well, I brought- saw her wearing like his shirt, like crying. Like that's the thing that I saw. And you know what? Like we've all kind of been there. I'm not going to lie to you. We have all, in fact. Yeah, I did that um, regularly. <laughs> right. No, exactly. Anyways, sorry, not to make, not for me to like make you talk about a show that you haven't even watched for like 10 minutes, but that it is, is like my current obsession, unfortunately. Um, because people are so annoying about it on the internet as uh, people always on the internet are but like but yeah I'm part of the pack (laughs) as you should be I think the thing that's like hard for me about getting into it a bit late is that like like people on the internet are so enthusiastic about it but then the show seems a bit more deadpan and so I was expecting like energy and then I watched the first episode and I was like this is good but it's just completely a different mindset than I like had going into it so now I have to wait until I'm in that mood as opposed right. to the one that expect it you know no like people have bastardized like that's my baby boy that's my like yeah. little kid. like oh he can do new wrong and it's like um he murdered a guy so <laughs> let's there um he is literally a textbook narcissist like let's yeah. right there um yeah no you know people are always prone to like like you said like missing the point yeah. and just like bastardizing the material you know for their own desires like their own like you know ends and stuff so I think you see definitely a lot of that which sucks because like obviously the show genuinely is really good and like deserves a lot of nuanced analysis but then you get you know the hoi polloi me included okay like I am the point right over my head (laughs) I'm just here to giggle and laugh at rich people making fools of themselves and obviously like if there is a little bit more to it than that and there also is not. Um, but, you know, whatever. Anyways. <laughs> I have seen them, like, running around New York to film, too. Like, on occasion. Like, I've seen, like... You've seen them? Yeah. I think it was specifically, like, outside. There's a restaurant called Balthazar in Soho that, like, they were... That uh, that was, like, one where it was, like, oh, I was, like, what's happening? And then I walked past and I was, like, oh. And then I saw it on Instagram and I was, like, okay. That's what no. that was. <laughs> but a lot of the times I just won't know what I'm seeing until I've, like walk because I like there's a lot of movies being shot all the time or shows like I've walked past the marvelous Miss Maisel before too and I just like I won't always know until like because they'll use like secret names for like the filming stuff that they put up on um light poles and whatever 
right. and so people just won't know until they check Instagram. People will be like, "Oh my god, I saw this person." There. I was like, "Oh, cool!" Like that's what it was. Oh, <laughs> I'm so jealous of your life. Lord knows, nobody's coming to film in Cleveland, Ohio, <laughs> except for oh, well, I guess that was Columbus. Was that the movie Columbus, Ohio? See, see, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> Nobody's showing up. Well, yeah, I, I don't. It's. I thought that. Oh, I thought that was for some reason. And as soon as I say Columbus, I was like, oh, I guess not. Um, but what have you been reading? <laughs> yeah, let's circle back. Okay, literally nothing. Literally nothing. And this I've tried good. to start a bunch of things, and um. I cannot. Sorry, did I make you want to drink water? <laughs> <You're good. laughs> I, my throat was getting a little dry. Um, awesome. I started The Sympathizer and I read oh. 40 pages and then I stopped because I have no reading discipline anymore. TikTok has rotted my brain. All I want to do is read like silly little mass market, like romance paperbacks, except for never Colleen Hoover. I will never do that. As you should, um, I will not either. No. I like, like Lively's playing a character in a movie of her adaptation though. it's just all over again when will we be free as a society from women writing books that romanticize abuse I'm over it like it happened with Twilight and people were crazy about it and now it's happening and I'm like like stop stop there's so many other things we could be doing um so that's frustrating to hear that she's getting an adaptation, but also like she's been on the top of the New York Times bestseller list for like literally months and months and months, if yeah. not you. But so, also the author from Six of Crows got a 12 book, like $10 million deal. Um, I know. That's crazy. Cause that just doesn't happen anymore from what I've heard. Lord yeah. knows I don't know the publishing industry, but like 10, 12, you said? 12 books for $10 million, I think insane that's actually crazy i did in fact reread yes i'm an adult woman but i did reread six of girls recently and it was i watched watched all of the show so you're fine i I haven't even watched all of it i the second season is so bad we just have to be real with ourselves um but the last actual book that i read if i'm not wrong i probably should like pull up my goodreads but the one that's coming to mind right now i think i probably already talked to you about it months ago like this is how long it's been but um real life by brandon taylor i loved that book and i feel like it's about this like queer black man in like graduate school academia essentially at the university of like wisconsin madison um, yeah. But like not the University of Wisconsin Madison, and just sort of dealing with like the interpersonal relationships and like the lab politics, like with those like two com- like combined marginalized identities, and he just has a lot of like trauma that he has not worked through, and like nobody else is really willing to help him with that. And of course, there are plenty of people that are like making it worse. Um, and obviously, there are a lot of things like as a straight white woman that I could not relate to. But the, uh, like there were so many things that I just did relate to in terms of like the anxiety about entering an academic space, like, you know, when things go wrong, what do you do like for experiments or like for your classes? And I just thought like his outlook on life was really similar to mine and like, you know, in the the happy ways and in the sad ways. So like his the main character just like really touched my heart. Like it was so good. And anybody who's like, oh, that book was about nothing, like doesn't understand, like they're obviously not in the same stage of life. Cause I just related so heavily to like so much of what he went through. Um, and it was so good and I highly recommend it. And I honestly should probably read it again, 
But what else have I read this year? Oh, well, you know what I did read? All 11 volumes of the Chainsaw Man manga, which was okay. totally, it was horrible. It was so bad. I have you seen the show? It. Huh? Have you seen the yeah. show? Yeah, I did see the show. How do you compare them? What's the content? They're pretty, it's pretty faithful. It is pretty faithful. Um, but yeah, a lot of problems with like misogyny and like fetishization of like lesbians and just like fetishization of women and uh, in general, you're kind of like, how is this coming out in 2023? Um, I don't know. I was just in a trance. I just had to read them all, (laughs) you know? And then the other book that I read recently was Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle. I did not like it. I was shocked. I know I've already said this, but I need to say it again. It got like, okay, to be fair, it was like Goodreads best fiction book or something of like but a I've couple heard just generally good things about it. Right. No, and people liked it. And then I start to read it and like the first third of the book is like plotted nicely. But then it just all goes to shit for no reason. And not like the entertaining, like, wow, this is masterfully plotted. Like everything is going to hell. But it was just, why are we recycling? Like, I've never felt this way before, but I'm like, why are we recycling these plot lines in the same book? I'm like, weren't you guys already angry at each other like four chapters ago? Because it's supposed to be so much about this, like, it's just not very like ambiguously done because it's supposed to be about this like the love of friendship that like lasts decades but it's always like the guy is kind of interested in the girl but she's like not really interested yeah and then so just not respecting boundaries was basically what happens right and it's not even not respecting boundaries it's just like they say that they like each other a lot as friends but then like you don't actually see them liking each other as friends because they're always angry at each other. But then like, but we have to keep making video games together because it's what we're so good at. But it's like your last four video games like fucking flopped and you both hate <laughs> each other. So like, where is, like, why is the, why yeah. are you guys saying one thing in the plot of the, like, what happened to the original plot of the movie? Like, I just, it was, it was surprisingly um mid for me. So but, honestly, I have to say, don't read it. I have to say, don't read it. I don't and like they, the cover, so I wouldn't. Right. And they try to like pull on your heartstrings too with this like big twist kind of near the end or whatever. And I wasn't convinced. I was like, no, you don't get to do this to me now. After the twist is, I'm not going to read it. Oh, the spoilers? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So basically, it's like the two of them, it's Sam. I think their names are Sam and Sadie. Don't quote me on that though. But they're working, they start working together like in college on video games. And then there's a third guy who I think his name is Max. And so he like kind of fronts them the money to start this like video game studio. And he kind of works as their producer. So he's not like making any of the games, but he's like working as admin, working as their producer and stuff. And they're working together for like, you know, a decade at least. And then him and Sadie start to like, they get together, they start hooking up, they don't tell Sam. And then Sam's all like butthurt about that or whatever. And then this it is literally crazy. Like Sam and Sadie go, they leave the California and they're somewhere for some convention, but Max is still at the studio. And Sam had just made this was set in like the early 2000s, and he had just made gay marriage legal in his like little RPG game. And homophobes were mad about that. So okay, so Sam and Sadie at a convention somewhere else. Sadie finds out there that she's pregnant with Max's baby. Back in San Francisco, where the studio is, Max is there at the studio, and a bunch of homophobes come into the studio with guns and they say, 
like like they're basically like being homophobic and they're like we're gonna shoot this place up um because we disagree and what happens like the day that Sadie finds out that she is pregnant with Max's baby but he gets shot to death in the studio but like I can't make it up like and it's really horrible like objectively it's really horrible but I just didn't feel I wasn't I was like really I'm like this is what we're doing right now yeah and I know it's not like I know it sounds like it could be something that's really like deep and touching but it does not sound deep it sounds like violence for no reason to be honest Right. And then it was like, you know, and then they had this huge falling out because Max was the glue that was holding them together. Blah, blah, blah. And then like, I just, it just felt like a the worst plot catalyst. It was honestly like laughable. So yeah, that I'm surprised that I even remember all that, honestly, but you know, um, is the movie, I'm going to look it up, but first, have you seen the Marcel the Shell movie? Yes. It made me ugly cry. You didn't like it? No, I loved it, but that's like, if you didn't know, what's her name? Jenny Slater or Holzner? I'm really bad with names. I'll look it up. I'll, I'll, Slater I'll sounds, Jenny Slater sounds familiar. Um, But do you know the guy in the film? Like in, the man? In Marcel Shell? Yeah, yeah, vaguely. I don't really remember his face or anything. Um, His name is Dean Flesherkamp. And him and Jenny Slate. Um, they were married and they took them t- like 10 years to make this film and they got divorced in the middle of it and they just like kept making Marcel the shell yeah give them 10 years to make Marcel the shell because it's like stop motion with the little shell guy yeah right and so they wrote his they wrote his divorce into the plot of the movie and, yeah. he got di- because no like they got divorced Mar- she voices Marcel he right. is the guy He's the director, she's the actress, and, like, helped write it. They, like, were making this together, and then in the process of making it, got a divorce. Because they made, like, the original Marcel the Shell that was on YouTube together. So this is, like, a good, like, a better version, it sounds like, of that, where they're like, oh, they just had to keep making video games. But they made Marcel the Shell with shoes on, and that's fine. Yeah, it was a masterpiece. Jenny Slate is actually, I'm pretty sure, if I'm recognizing her from this picture... I think she might be the lady that plays, don't get, this might be Tom Hanks all over, but I think she might be the lady that plays um, Mona Lisa um, in Parks and Rec, who's John Ralph's sister. Isn't she also in Broad City? That I haven't seen, so I wouldn't know. I think but I should look, I should look it up. I should make sure that I'm not just saying that and she doesn't, she's not somebody else. Um, let me see if she, they have list her. Also, have you seen this movie, Closer? Um, oh god it's with jude law and uh, natalie portman oh what it's just like a bunch of straight people cheating on each other in london essentially and that's kind of what like the end of the book sounds like honestly to me we love a case study honestly it's just like that's that same feeling and this is i never expected to tie closer and marcel the show with shoes on but now i know this is the book it, it really is, but the the masterpiece was nothing like Marcella's shell with shoes on. I watched it with my mom, and I was trying to like not ugly sob cry. I'm like, I can't. I'm like, this is too personal for me to watch with my mother. You know what I'm saying? Especially because my mom's turning sixty this year, which is insane. Um, I'm good. My mom's nineteen sixty nine. Nice. My mom's nineteen sixty seven. So no, that's not true. My dad. <laughs> That's not true. My dad is 1967. My mom is 1962. 
So we always make fun. 59 if that makes you feel better. Wow. Dang. That's crazy. I saw my grandma's memorial and he looked old for the first time in my life. And I was like, that's, I hate that thought. Good thing I don't have to see him for a while. We don't have time to unpack all of that. So we won't. Yeah. (laughs) Right. We simply will not. Anyways, I put that box in another little box and then it's, it's over there. To the left, Um, like Beyonce said. Right. (laughs) Everything you own. (laughs) Um, Just lost my train of thought fully. But yeah, that Marcella Are you looking she- up if she was Mona Lisa, I think. And she is. And she is. And yeah. she is. She would have been anyway, but she is. She's also in Big Mouth and Bob's Burgers. I hate Big Mouth with a passion. Yeah, I'm never watching that. I'm not going to lie to you. It's like, I know they're trying to like make whatever like teens go through comfortable, but then it just like becomes sexualizing children. And I'm like, at some point, this ceases to be camp, I'll be honest with you, considering half of the audience of, like, Nick Kroll and co. is a little iffy sometimes in the first place. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I don't, I think I kind of doubt sometimes whether it's in good faith. Let's just say that. Yeah, no, it's definitely, like, and subversion for the sake of it isn't, like, beneficial to anybody, especially in terms of, like, this kind of content. Like, it definitely attracts the audience that would be like, you know, well, actually, like, that type of person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, devil's advocate. Uh, the worst. It is. But whenever I was in Germany, I met my mom's boyfriend's son. He's, like, 19, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, he studies CS in uh, Munich. And he was, like, there's something that, like, his dad didn't get and my mom didn't understand. And I was, like, oh, like, when I asked him like asked how he describe his classmates kind of thing mm-hmm. and my mom's like oh you're not gonna get it and I he was just like they have like neck beard energy and I was like oh <laughs> like yeah and then my mom my boyfriend were just like you understand what that means and I was like like the neck beard and fedora energy like yeah we experience that generation the generation gap, they wouldn't understand <laughs> but I I feel like that's implied I feel like that's literally like millennial canon so why can't a generation before understand right that's so funny it's just that's so eloquent as well just neck beard energy it says so much yeah. truly really says so much. despite the language barrier and I was like I get it you get the language barrier yeah. I mean I feel like even if I try to talk to a freshman in college right now I would um kind of not be able to do it <laughs> I'm so oh, sorry kids me with <laughs> me, that's me with chat gpt I'm like oh I'd... were you we're using this no I can't try at all but I will say I think that the grid like below us like a year younger than us seems mm-hmm. like a pretty like that seems like the divide in a way right for, like gen z because I remember like being like you think we're millennials I don't think no, we're not millennials, but I think I think we're old Gen Z is what I'm saying. Oh, right, right, I think right. millennials are like five years older than us, but I think we're like older Gen Z by like, and that's the cutoff. So I can like get it, but I'm not gonna like do the things, <laughs> you know. No, no. But, yeah, my dad uses ChatGPT more than I do, and so I don't know what that says. Does he use but, it for like work somehow, or just for yeah? Fun? Like sometimes he'll ask questions about it for his job, and then like go through it and like you know like actually edit it so that it like is useful to him but just like a jumping off point I'm like wow that's really interesting yeah. um 
but yeah it's crazy I did see someone do something cool and they had it like plan a vacation for them and that seems useful but Mm -hmm. side note from the vacation are you staying in Edinburgh like how many days do you have in Scotland is my question I think it's like three or four days but I would have to check with my parents because as is to be expected I have not planned that much it has been in my father's hands so yeah I think it's like three to four days do you think you'll stay in Edinburgh the whole time or do you think you'll like do a day trip maybe you know I'd have to see where do you think I should go honestly well for a day trip I feel like that gets a little bit harder but they have some like genuinely like they have like bus tours or like coach tours like small coaches sometimes um that'll do like a day tour because the first time that I went to Scotland we did like I don't I was 14 so I don't remember if it was like a week or two week tour of like going driving around and hiking around Scotland Mm -hmm. Um, but they do have like day tours and I feel like they could do a good job but as long as you go to like the ocean or go somewhere to hike because as much as Edinburgh is beautiful like the nature in Scotland is genuinely just the most breathtaking thing I've ever like experienced so oh I'm so excited some nature I need to like go see the cliffs that's what I need to do I need to have like the wind blowing in my hair like blowing in my dress moment Uh, have you Wait, what's that? Have you read Outlander or seen it? <laughs> Is that the moment you're going for? <laughs> My mom loves Outlander. It's okay. I'm only like a first season girly because then it gets boring. I, I I love a good slow burn lead up. And then when they're together for like five seasons, I'm like, this is boring. I yeah. just like to watch them get together, you know? But no, yeah, I read the book before. Heike, written in the 90s, is it like really that excusable? Not really. But like the amount of assault that happens on that show is really unacceptable um, and bad. And like used as a plot device and it's terrible. It's so bad. It is my problematic fave for sure. But damn, the chemistry is so good. (laughs) Dang it. Dang it. I can't help it. I've seen like a few episodes. I, I'll pull, like, I know it's a stereotypical, like, dad thing to, like, stand in a room while someone else is watching TV and just be like, what are you watching? But I do that with my mom all the time. <laughs> and I'm just, so know, what like, are you watching? Uh, yeah, I just see episodes of Outlander, like, over her shoulder whenever she watched it as it was, like, coming out. And I was like, and then I saw, like, Assault, and I was like, I, I was very much not healed at all at the time. And I was like, I'm gonna go. <laughs> yeah, you made the right, you made the right choice. It's, it's yeah. very bad. Honestly, it's, it's very offensive in my opinion um but but Jamie Frazier oh my god he's not uh, as much I honestly side note I he's not my type to start with if I mm-hmm. whenever I did have a type if it was so concrete but I realized that is completely devolved like I simply have no like there is no telling there is no like consensus amongst people that I ever find attractive if that makes sense like there, like there used to be some kind of like oh like you'd probably like this person's vibe and now you don't know it could be whoever yeah (laughs) but even more than that I'm just like I'm not interested I'm like I don't care like there's just nothing I'm like the radar is off we're good you know I kind of understand that I definitely it might just be my birth control implant, though, Loki. I need I need this girly out. 
Get her yeah. out. I um, do feel like it might just be getting older as well. Now that it's like as much are as we it? are we ancient? But I just mean like <laughs> now that I so much of relationships, even like friendships, like when you're young, like touch time can carry you through like the day-to-day of like seeing someone in classes mm-hmm. or whatever can carry you through. But or like the first emotions of a relation of like romantic relationship could get you there but now you have to like build both friendships and like always like make time and put effort in and so now I'm just like I guess like that's what I mean about getting older is like maybe you see someone you're like too much work I got people in my life it's fine (laughs) no because you know what you're so right you're so right (laughs) obviously and that's so fair and that's adulthood adulthood is having a queen size bed I think um having to choose what to cook for dinner every night this is so cliche I'm sorry and then also realizing that you may only have like four friends and that's okay yeah I'm gonna have bulldog for dinner that's my answer the carbonara bulldog oh that sounds good I went and it's pink so what the packaging is pink oh good good yeah we of being victims of marketing and I and I, I am not immune to the propaganda yeah um fully had I went out yesterday for like Salvadorian pupusas which are kind of like arepas but they're like just these like big tortillas are like stuffed with like cheese mm-hmm. and meat and stuff had leftovers of that for dinner tonight Ooh. Oh, is oh, this was... a moment where the leftovers are better than the original meal no the original meal was better because I should have like fried like heated like heated them up with a little bit of oil again but I just microwaved them so they got the like texture wasn't the same as it was when yeah. it was hot but we shared like a my friend and I shared like a platter of like the smashed plantains like the tostones to yeah. start and that filled me up so much that I could only eat one of my four so I brought three pupusas home and I de- I devoured them and it was really good so, yeah good time mm-hmm. So that sounds like a good a good deal, a good split. But also, is there like good food near you? I don't think I've ever asked. Like, is I was I wasn't expected, but no, there's not. We had to we had to drive. Like, I mean, it's like kind of normal, but you have to drive through like 20 minutes of like depressing, ugly urban sprawl to get yeah. to the Salvadorian place. Um, I think it's just harder to find here, and there's a lot of bad places. So yeah. you really have to slip through the bad to get to the good. It's not like New York where you have to be like popping to like survive. It's yeah. like a lot of places here can just like exist, even if they're not great. So. And also like side note, but to me, like this is especially because I'm delaying in a lot of ways, like the real world, if you will, by doing a master's. I want to know what's your first vacation you're going to take with your big girl salary? Like, what are you going to, what's the first I don't know. Where do you want to go? I kind of want to do like Mexico City, honestly. That's pretty uh, cool lately. But I don't want to be like the other girls though. But the New York girlies have been yeah okay. flying on on mass. Oh yeah, nice. A lot of nice. people have been moving to Mexico City specifically. Yeah, that's that has its um you know geopolitical Asian. issues. Yeah, that has its ethical concerns. Yeah. Um, but I really would like to visit. For sure. And then I don't know. Like, I would also just like to do, like... Shanghai? Oh, of course. Um, Dajahao. I'm planning, like, two little trips. I have, because I get both the American and Chinese uh, holidays off. Um, nice. I get extra vacation. So if you ever want to go on vacation in Asia somewhere with me, let me know. 
you know, I really would like you to give me a tour of Seoul. That would be amazing. I will. I will. Now, I was missing Seoul today, so. That, like, that would be a big girl vacation. That would be a big girl budget. That would be balling. But that would be so fun. Let's so, talk after Okay, <laughs> sounds good. I just, get, just want to get your ideas. No, but no, have I'm you not. thought about, like, budgeting on this might be a stressful question or like but do you like have you started to plan that do you know what that's gonna look like for you I guess yeah so essentially all I've done is calculate my take-home pay for the month and then use that to figure out like my max cap for rent um I think I've definitely noticed over the past couple of months that for somebody that doesn't have a job I don't budget very well meaning that I like don't budget at all and it hasn't come back to bite me yet but I can tell that it will so I definitely need to get more serious about like setting aside my expenses for the month and like what I can spend on like things that I want to do versus things that I need um and so I think that that will come once I've like moved out and I am completely managing my own money you know, um, cause right now mom and dad are still bankrolling, which is like sucks to say, but like, that is the reality until July. And I like have my own job. So it's like really important to like start. Yeah. <laughs> it's been honestly for me over the past couple of months, but yeah, the goal, you know, start investing, um, and like in retirement funds and stuff, you know, 401k, oh, okay. right. My Roth IRA. I, like, my Roth IRA. Uh, I forget about her every time. Thank I have you to do me- the automatic deposits um and that's okay and that is okay um but honestly yeah like my financial status and it's bad like you everyone really should be financially literate because like there's people will take advantage of you if you're not so I'm fully aware of like the ignorance of my position um but in short I have not really been budgeting apart from rent that's right I don't think yeah I'm not gonna have a car until I can afford it so at least I won't have to make car payments for a while um and that will help go towards like retirement and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. I think it's something that's like as much as the financial literacy, like I obviously cannot be like under like overstated about how important it is. But at the same time, I feel like just as with like health communities where they're talking like cortisol levels in the morning and like balancing cortisol levels has been like a big topic mm-hmm. when people talk about I, I feel like people can get so scared about money and so many people just have such like fear of it in general that it's easy to kind of like then create like fear mon fear mongering tactics so it's like as much as it's important to know things I think it's also okay to take your time and then like as much as you might not want to learn lessons it can be important too and Mm -hmm. my mom like works in like corporate finance kind of thing and Mm -hmm. she doesn't like she has like all of her retirement stuff in order and does whatever she does I don't know the terms um she helped me file my taxes uh love that God, my mom <laughs> but she doesn't like invest in like stocks or anything and that may like that's a world that I don't I don't want to have to think about money all the time because I don't want it to control my life but I understand how that could be freeing for some people but I think it's also okay to like just have like budgeting that works for you and your retirement funds and everything and well I think your point like comparing finance to health is a very interesting and like intriguing point um I think you're right about how many parallels there are right because like a lot of times there's a lot of pressure from other people on like oh if you're not doing if it's not like your top priority that's like consuming every waking moment of your life like you're doing it wrong 
And there's other people that just like let it all completely go to hell. And they're like, kind of like a fuck you attitude. Like you can't tell me what to do. And it's like, how do you find a healthy middle between like complete ignorance? And then also like, like you said, like complete obsession. So that's really interesting to think about. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I really don't know that much about stocks either. And I definitely will not be the type of person that's like day trader. Um, I'm okay. (laughs) I'm okay. I don't need to be my own employer. Like call me a sheep. Call me a rat in the face. Like, but you know what? I do not need to be an entrepreneur. I do not know how to solve the world's problems. It's okay. I will just let someone pay me a salary to do some work. That is fine. (laughs) So I think like twofold what you mean about like people who are like, I'm a day trader or like they just make that kind of independence. I mean, it is like good to be financially independent in your own way and be able to survive and I mean, survive. Yeah or word choice but the people that just take it to like what is perceivably an extreme is mm-hmm. that where it's like oh I want to be like done by 30 like I want to tap out by 30 um one like I kind of don't believe they will I think that's the kind of lifestyle you get addicted to because it's just like you're caught like it's gambling because you're gambling that you will be able to do that by 30 and it you'll just like on some like maybe that is what will make you happy or make you feel fulfilled in some way. But I said, it's like, I don't want to spend my life doing that and the hopes that I get out and be like, Oh, I'm doing this to get out. And then like, maybe you don't because that's just like what you become addicted to in a way. Right. But also I've been trying to cho- like, I've been trying to find a credit card and everyone's like, find a credit card that works for you because some of them give you points back on like eating out. Some of them give you points back for travel and I want to find travel cards. And I think yeah. I do Chase because I wear like a United family. So like mm-hmm. I can only fly like Star Alliance. So I have to find a credit card for that. And I'm like, how does this work when I <laughs> live in China? And if I'm moving to Singapore after China, what does that look like? Well, and the credit card stuff freaks me out. Because I know that there's also like payback plans that like increase your credit the best. Mm-hmm. But that's what I've been trying to figure out lately is what credit card works yeah. for me? Well, if you're going to be living abroad for a long time, you're going to have to try to find one that doesn't have international fees. Is the That's thing. why I want a travel card because then it won't. Anyway. Right. Yeah, I remember when I was in, in Chile, pretty much all of my transactions had, it was maybe a 2 to 4% surcharge, which can add up pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, so definitely, I mean, you're fully already aware, but just, you know, a word from yeah. the wise. I have the Bank of America travel rewards card, but I just think that I want to, because I've just only ever used Chase, and I think it's, like, a Chicago thing, maybe, but I literally, like, only trust Chase. Fair. My family was a Chase family, too. I When I came here, the university is, like, partnered with PNC, so I have a PNC account right now, but yeah, my family has used Chase for as long. It's so funny, like, brand loyalty is so stupid, but yeah, we also, it must be a Chicago thing, it's, like, it's so funny because my family also like used to only fly United. <laughs> yeah, but we still like it's only but my grandma, she used to fly a lot for work because she worked for um the Justice Department, like the United States government. Yeah. Um, and she reached like a gold status by Ooh. just flying so much. And she you can give that to one person. So she gave it to me. So I, I have like United Gold or Star Alliance Gold. So I can just like. I get like discounts. I don't have to pay for luggage or anything like that, like automatic upgrades. Um, and I get all the lounge access. So I'm like, are you the 1%? Just... 
Are you the? This, this is my nepo baby effect. This is this is all I have. <laughs> all I have is my premier gold. Every last drop, you are going to milk. That yeah. is within your right. Uh, but otherwise, no. Otherwise, <laughs> I got. I mean, I'm glad I got what I got. But that that's that's my nepo baby. There is that trend where everyone's like, my mom's a hairdresser. I never have to pay for haircuts. I'm a nepo baby. Like that whole thing. Like that. This um, is my version of that. I'm gonna go with my aunt is a a gyno, so I can ask her all of my weird like <laughs> gyno problems. That's my. And do you? I haven't really had any yet, but like when I do, trust I will be calling, <laughs> explaining in detail, in gory, gory detail. Thank you, Auntie. <laughs> I love that. Um, oh. So, what are your plans this evening? What are your plans this weekend? The final weekend of classes before your your final Monday. So, two change is coming for our like spring like university <laughs> concert. So, I think I'm gonna go see him on Saturday. Um, so that's going to be fun tonight. I have to do physics homework, but I think I'm just going to like, I, I don't know. I'm so tired. I've been in class. I've been on campus from like literally nine until five, which I know is what people do every day at a nine to five. So it really does not bode well for me in the future, but, um, I just been busy all day. So I'm really tired, but I want to try to do my physics homework because I have a really busy Friday. And then I might go down to one of the like bars in little Italy for a little thirsty Thursday celebration. Mm-hmm. Just had my last ever history class and I just dislike that course. So I would like to go and drink and celebrate that, I think, but it all depends on how much of my physics homework I get done. Can you believe, can you believe I'm still doing homework? Physics will work. I was going to say this physics, especially. I know. This is what happens when you put off all of your difficult prerequisites until the end, unfortunately. I I didn't have any prereqs. Uh, it's the Gallatin effect. No prereqs. You just do what you want. Yay! It's fun. I love Gallatin. I feel, I genuinely felt like I, like, I, I had to come to terms with the fact that I was going to Stern for my master's. I was like, this feels like the deepest sense of betrayal. But also, like, if there's an NYU like, spectrum, Gallatin mm-hmm. and Stern are, like, the opposite sides. So I'm like, Yeah, it's a transition, way. for sure. It is definitely yeah. a transition. But that's kind <laughs> of how I felt okay about it, because I was like, I'm meeting in the middle. Like, th- they cancel out to, like, CAS, College of Arts and Science. Like, I'm fine. Right. You, now you're just like one of the pack, you know, like, yeah. right. Which is neutral. Uh-huh. We're fine. Right. Yeah. And I've been on three campuses, NYU London, Shanghai, and New York. So That's fine. actually wild. That's actually wild. Yeah. So I'm so obsessed with you in your life. You don't understand. So you got to come with whenever you want, please. <laughs> and I will be staying on your air mattress again in your new apartment in the fall. So that's first big girl vacation right there. Exactly. I'm so excited. I'm really excited. I literally just have like no idea what to expect from Shanghai because I've been, I know people that have like lived there for short, like for a couple years, but it was always like when they're kids. Um, yeah. I know one of my friends, the one whose sister worked on Puss in Boots, um, but he has family just outside of Shanghai and has gone a few times. Mm-hmm. Um but even so, like, the descriptions don't really help. So I still, and, like, the pictures that I see online are always the same ones. So I, like, don't really know what I'm getting myself into yeah. in a very real way. So we'll see. I'm just, like, I literally can't be, like, afraid. I can only feel, like, excitement. But even then, I can't, like, there's nothing for me to, like, latch that onto. 
in a weird way. Right. I felt the same way. I'm sure you felt this like way about your like undergraduate study abroad too, though. Like you just genuinely like you can feel nerves right before you go like maybe you're in the airport and you can start to feel a little bit nervous but I remember in like the weeks and months leading up to it I was like a detached type of excited but I just did not understand the reality of what it was going to be like at all so I just didn't really have any emotions about it yeah Um, and I'm sure that's like a similar feeling but that's a great part. You go and you figure it out when you're there. You already know. You're such an experienced traveler. I'm excited. But I'll ask you two more questions so you can do the physics homework and maybe get to Thirsty Thursday. Oh, I One, need it. I really These are both corny. But what <laughs> advice would you give to like anyone in college nowadays? Like what do you think would have helped you at this? What would have helped you at the start? And what do you want to be like your mindset as you transition? Like what's something you think you'll like tell yourself over and over if you will? Wow. Yeah. I mean, obviously like in terms of the college question, like it's just so funny, like looking back at your experience, you just can't even remember who you were your freshman year because you changed. So like the only advice that comes to mind immediately is just so cliche, you know, like I, I just wish like, obviously you just want to tell people like, it's always going to work out. Like you have to trust in yourself a little bit more than like you currently do. And then obviously like the corny, like, remember everyone there is like just as new as you are. Like just try to make yeah. friends, but it's like so true. Um, yeah. So just like talking to somebody, like they're already your friend. It usually goes better than it does like go worse. If you understand what I'm saying, that's very not well said. Um, but yeah, no, just like being more confident. And then also I will say something that I regret from my undergraduate experience. And I really think I only developed the confidence to like start these, to do these things when I came back from study abroad. So it was literally my senior year and the pandemic probably made these things different, but like, I really didn't get that much research experience, like in a lab and I'm sort of realizing, and I'm doing stuff now. Um, but because of, I started so late, like I'm not even going to be able to start experimentation until after finals. So it like really is kind of pointless, the work that I am doing, but that's okay. It's still interesting. Um, But yeah, like definitely join a research lab. Like don't be, don't let the imposter syndrome of like joining a lab scare you because there's so many people in my classes that are way stupider than me that are doing really cool stuff in a lab. And so I'm like, I should have, I should have hopped on that because it could have been really interesting. And then motto for transition I don't know. I guess I have to take my advice to like my freshman year self and be like, you just have to trust yourself more. Like you're going to figure out what you want to do. And obviously there's going to be some uncertainty, but like, you know, the path is there. You just have to walk it. So yeah. (laughs) I like that. And maybe I just wanted to hear it. Maybe I wanted reassurance. So I was like, I'll ask this in the form of a question for someone else. Oh, you're so cute. The fact is here. You're going to walk it. Don't worry. We're both going to walk it. Well, we'll strut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're so right. We'll strut that one. But thank you for taking the time to talk to me. I appreciate it. Oh, oh, it was so lovely. Have me back anytime when you're already in Shanghai, like living your best life. We'll like deal with the 12 hour time difference and like figure it out. (laughs) Okay. I think honestly... I don't know if I've said this on the podcast. I think I have, but I'm so each season 16 episodes. Mm-hmm. The first one was me trying to just like put down my walls that I realized I have for some reason. And now I'm getting into it and like interviewing people. And then season three, I kind of want to make like 
a project about like the things I'm interested in that I've like studied all of college because I'd like never explain it to anyone really. So I was like, you're gonna let's weaponize the BA. You're going to weaponize the BA in the best possible way. Yeah. I can't believe it. 16 hours. Have fun. This is, if you want to know what I studied, there you go. I'm so excited. I can't wait. Can you hurry up with the season so that I can listen to that one too? And yeah. I have to, I have to catch up on season one. So yeah. I'm, I'm ready for my content. Zena. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. I think I'm talking to Zena this weekend. Let's see. But, you remember. but yeah. I'm going to stop the recording.